Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. It's all presented by Coors Light. John Schmelk, David Deal with you. And the phone number is 201-939-4513 or hashtag Giants Chat. And boy, there are a million things to talk about with this game. Big plays, game-changing things, controversial calls, things that happen pregame, drama off the field. 63-yard field goals. You name it, <laughs> we got it. So uh. we're going to talk about the game. We're going to try not to go too long because I'm sure you guys do want to get in and talk to us again at 201-939-4513. Um, but Dave, I want to get the elephant in the room out of the way early uh, because I'm sure we're going to get a lot of fans that are, are going to want to call and talk about it. Because I've got a lot of tweets about it. And that's the officiating. Oh. So <laughs> let me let me just start. Where, where do we dive in? <laughs> yeah. Let me start with this. And Pat Shermer always says this. There's no point in complaining about the officials because you can't control it. And it turns into an excuse. And in that, I completely agree. That being said, and I'm not going to do a whole call on why the referees stink. I'm not going to do that. We're not doing a whole show on that. Okay. No. But. For the second consecutive week now, there were some calls that were, to be generous, extremely questionable. Atrocious. That, that, that went, you can say that, yes. that went against the Giants that had a real impact on the game. And the ones that bothered me the most, I don't even narrow it down to one. The one that bothered me the most was the Landon Collins unnecessary roughness. Did their helmets happen to brush? Sure. His Back was to the receiver. He they both the were going for the ball. And at that point, when the ball is in the air, both people are the receiver at that point. That's correct. That's that's the that's my biggest issue about all of this is just the consistency of the calls because there's absolutely no consistency. In one game it's a roughing the passer, and the next game it's fine. Or for instance, in one game it's roughing the passer and something that isn't. That was not called, was roughing the passer, if we want to go back to the Packers-Redskins game. But th this is the thing about all of these calls, is that I understand that the, the, the officials have a tough job to do. And I understand that it's at a split instant, and your eyes have to be the one that recognize things. But when you have a critical call like the one that they had on Landon Collins, you've got to go back and review it and look at it to make sure that you guys were right on the call. Let's go back to how the one drive stopped for the Giants. Julius Peppers grabs Saquon Barkley's face mask. Grabs it. You see his finger in the face mask. Oh, well, it was incidental. It was into the collar. It still hit him in the face mask. He still grabbed him, and you could see Saquon's head turn. How do you pick up that flag? I understand the rule used to be up until about four years ago, I, I believe, is when it was changed. Yeah, that, that would have been the five-yard face yes. mask, not but regardless, the 15. Yeah, right. but regardless, right. you know, it, it, the rule used to be up until four years ago in the trenches and as an offensive lineman and a D lineman, if you were to slide and get your hands into the defender's face and on his face mask, if you pulled your hand out of it and didn't keep it up there, they wouldn't throw a flag. But four years ago, they changed it. The minute that your hands touch that face mask, that's a flag, regardless of whether it was incidental or not. There was the same exact thing on that play. Yeah, and look, that was a play. That one didn't bother me quite as much. You had the McCaffrey one at the end of the game where it was, to me, not clear that he hit the first down line. It was very close. Uh, there was a report out there that the league office actually did look at that. Yeah. And that, they said he made it. I'm not sure see, that, the you one can thing say that, that either. You can't really go by the yellow line when you're sitting there watching That's it true at too. home. Mm -hmm. And once again, it does come down to the official's eye. He was trying to look at the football. But even in that instance, even if they didn't go back, even if they didn't review it, 
we, we didn't have any timeouts to challenge it anyway. Yeah, and, and, and there were still, and remember, that is going to be a, a booth review because it's Without under two minutes. Yep. So, and, and they still could have gone on the field to try to kick the field goal. So, to me, that wasn't as critical, critical. of a deal, but it, it, it was still a deal. I also thought I saw an illegal substitution on the yep. Panthers at the end of the yep. game um, on, on one of their final plays. So that was another uh, potential p- thing. So, look, guys, we know their issues. They have to carry win unnecessary roughness. Yep. Uh, that was one where I guess the rule was he got there late. Is that why it was called unnecessary roughness? I, I mean, I guess that's the only answer that you can come I, up with. I, I didn't think he did. Uh, there could have been an intentional grounding on Cam Newton at the end of the game. I thought that was a potential call. Anyway. And, and to think this is the last thing that I'm going to throw out in, sure. in regards to the officiating. You know, and to think that before this season, we were all worried about lowering the helmet. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Really, that was the biggest thing that we were all talking about. Yep. You know, people, uh, runner backs or, or linebackers lowering their helmet. That's not even getting called anymore by running back. So, I mean, we this completely flipped to a point now that we're at that, number one, as a, again, we talk about as a fan and as a viewer of the game, your pure instant reaction and emotion doesn't come out right away because you're like, okay, big catch. Is there a flag? Is there anything? Is there going to be a review? Okay, it stands. All right, we got the first down. It takes away that natural enthusiasm that you have in the game and also – once again, the biggest thing is just consistency. That's all we ask for, and that things are clearly defined so that when you see it, well, if you go to, to the rule book, byline, guideline, 13, section 4-2, it says in the, it, it shouldn't come down to that, that you have to get that critical to know whether a place stands or not. It has to be consistently called the same things or the same penalties from game to game. Anyway, all right, so that that's that's the officiating Oof, we stuff. Got it out. <laughs> and here's the beauty of it, folks, and this is why I don't want to spend time taking calls all show long about the officiating. The Giants should have won this game anyway. No question. If they didn't shoot themselves in the foot a bajillion times. And, Dave, to me, this came down to some very fundamental things for the Giants, okay? They lost a turnover battle, two pit interceptions for each quarterback, and the one that gave the Giants three – Gave the Panthers a touchdown. Penalties. Difference in the game. Penalties that extended Panthers drives on two separate occasions. One on Kareem Martin and special teams. You had the BW Webb unsportsmanlike conduct. So you have those penalties. That's a problem. You had drop passes in the first half. Yep. Otto Beckham Jr. on fourth down. Um, I'm not going to call the play in the end zone a drop, though I think he could have, if he finished his route better, he never would have had to jump for the ball to begin Without with. Without a doubt. He would have caught the ball over his shoulder going towards the end line. Why he stopped in his route, I don't know. Um, you had the Russell Shepard drop in the first half. Um, what other things? You had first drive for the Panthers, missed tackles. Oh, uh, it was just that disgusting. Was, that was the most amount of missed tackles in a drive I've seen by a Giants defense in over 10 years. Absolutely. And, guys, those are fundamental things. Catching the football. Penalties, tackling. How about this? Alignment assignment. Yes. Just the basic fundamentals of the game. And I know that you were on the on the, the, the flight home, sitting there breaking down the film, watching it. I watched it again this morning. And when you go back, and I know that this is the biggest cliche when you sit there and watch games. Oh, well, it was two or three plays that could have changed the difference and made the difference in the football game. It was. It was. Because when you're sitting there and you see the way that the Giants played in the second half, revitalized, rejuvenated, and able to handle the adversity on the road. Those are all things, and those were all plays and opportunities that they could have had in the first half. But the things that they did to self-inflict themselves didn't allow those opportunities to happen. Penalties, missed assignments, breakdowns and tackles. Those are things when you're on the road playing up a a good team like the Panthers that you can't get away with. 
on the road, you can't get away with settling for three and not scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And you mentioned two other issues that they had, and one was missed assignments, and there were two huge plays in the game. Christian McCaffrey's fourth quarter touchdown on a swing pass. Nobody covered him. Nobody. And I looked at the tape, Dave, a few times. I couldn't even figure out who was supposed to cover him. No, you see. That's how far away everybody was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's those are the things that when you sit there and you know going into this game, they're using him for his versatility. He's going to line up all over the field, and he is their big play linchpin. Yeah. How do you not have eyes on him and communicate to one another? Yeah, I don't those know. Those are the basic fundamentals that, number one, at this point in the season, now going into week six, that you should have hammered out. But also, those are just simple things that as a football player, that once again, it comes down to fundamentals. And then another missed assignment, or again, I'm not sure who made this mistake, David. Maybe he's an offensive player. You can tell me because watching the film, all I know is that Eli Manning and Sterling Shepard weren't on the same page on Eli's second interception. Eli thought Shepard was going to go right up the field, kind of right up the numbers, and Shepard kind of settled into that little hole near the sideline between the safety and corner. I don't know who's right on that. All I know is that the two guys weren't on the same page, and that cost the Giants a drive, and it gave the Panthers the football in their own territory. And once again, it doesn't matter who's right. Everybody has their fingerprint on it, and it was an interception at a crucial time in the football game. So these are things, like we said, that the second half was a great sign and a positive sign for anybody because any Giants fan, any passionate Giant who bleeds blue like you and I both do, all you wanted to see was progress and that next step in this team being able to do those things in the second half were great, but it's not about being close. It's about winning, and that's what they need to get down to. They need to get down to winning football games, and with this quick week, with the Eagles coming in on Thursday night, this is a great time for them to just snap out of this, regroup, re-energize. Don't, don't forget the past. Whenever you lose, don't lose the lesson. Each lesson teaches you something about that game, whether it's technique, fundamentally, yourself, or as a unit. Learn those lessons and move forward and get ready to grind because we know that this game right now up against the Eagles, this is going to be the determination for the Giants' season. This is it. If if you lose, you're done. A wild card team is not going to be coming out of the NFC East. And the Giants are lucky enough that they're even alive now because the rest of the NFC East has struggled so much. I mean, let's, let's be honest. The way that it's going right now, you could see an NFC East team winning the division at either nine and seven, eight and eight. Eight and eight, I'd still be surprised, but nine but and seven, absolutely. Without a doubt. So that means that right now with this opportunity that the season has not closed, you have a Philadelphia team coming off of a loss at home against the Vikings. Two straight losses, lost to Tennessee two weeks ago. They are injured. They've got guys out. Jason Peters was out of the game. You could see that their offense still isn't in sync yet. One of the things I think that they're going to do is not only utilize – uh, Alshon Jeffrey on the outside, but you know that they're going to try to utilize Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, their tight ends in this football mm-hmm. game. So this is a critical matchup for the Giants to regroup, refresh out of things, and snap right back into a football game because it's going to be here quick on Thursday. A couple other things in the game, Dave. Quarterback play, uh, Manning threw some great passes, uh, a couple nice ones down the field, the one to Beckham for the touchdown, yep. uh, the one to Russell Shepard, who I'm still not sure why he fell down after he caught that pass because it was right, right there. there. Yeah. Um, he should have just caught it and kept running. Um, his first interception, that's on Eli. Uh, Mike trying Mike, to force it. Well, Mike Adams, and if you look at the tape, Dave, was he in that some. B-gap faking a blitz. Yeah. And as soon as Eli took that snap, Dropped he thought Adams yeah. was coming. Yeah. Adams dropped right back into that passing lane. Eli had no idea that he was still in coverage 
on that play, and he threw it, and he threw it right to Adam. The that old man from throw. Patterson still balling. He is, absolutely. Um, the other you, thing that we talked yeah. about, you know, this is the last thing that I'll say about the Carolina game. You know, offensively, we talked about just staying in sync, staying in rhythm, and just not allowing yourself to have constant negative plays and drives because we know what they do to this football mm -hmm. team offensively because this isn't a group that can overcome those things. When you look at the third down percentage, 0% John Schmelk. They were 0 for 7 on third down, and there's a reason. When you're on the road up against really? the Carolina Panthers, yes. When your third that. downs, the seven are plus eight, plus 12, but then that was offset by the penalty by the false start by Shepard. So now you have a third and 17, <laughs> a third and 14, a third and six, a third and five. Those are manageables. But then a third and 10 and another third and 14. Yeah, it's no good. That's not a winning recipe for an offensive line that's still trying to get inside. And Dave, do you know why they were on such long third downs well it's pretty simple and this will be my last major point on the panther game before we get to your phone calls saquon barkley finished the game with 15 rushes for 48 yards yes one of them being in in the first half <laughs> saquon barkley had a run for 20 yards in the second half <laughs> saquon barkley had a run for 30 yards so he had two runs for 50 yards yet he finished with, with 15 carries for 48 <laughs> which means on his other 13 carries david deal he ran for negative two yards. Yes. You simply have to be more consistent. He had 12 rushes that went for two or fewer yards, 10 rushes that went for one, one or, or fewer. fewer yards. You cannot have a functioning offense. And the only reason it still worked in this game is because they made some big plays down the field, which they haven't done before. You cannot function as an offense when you're basically averaging less than a yard per carry on all but two of your carries. The big runs are great. You got to give me three, four yards out of, out of pop here, guys. You not, have to. Not to mention when you have a running back like this, if you just give him a crease, you know he's going to fall forward for a yard or two, which you're <laughs> fine on a, a, on a run. It's you're okay. good as long as it's positive. And like I said, going back to this game and watching in the first half, missed opportunities, they run a zone stretch to the right. And it gets blown up for a tackle for a loss. Was that the one where Omame got pushed back into the backfield? Yes, but okay. that wasn't Patrick Omame's fault. Oh, okay, why not? See, this is why... See, this is yep. why I'm saying going back to the film, people are going crazy. The problem was, it was actually Wheeler. Because Chad Wheeler on that play is working a zone. Actually, initially, it's going to be to the tight end, but he had nothing with the tight end to do because the defensive end was outside of him. So where is his linebacker? His linebacker was stacked inside behind the three technique. There was no point for him to go up and block air and disregard the three technique to penetrate into the backfield. So when you recognize guys outside, you have a three technique, your linebacker's inside, your combination block goes with Omame to where you seal the three, you work a double front side, the end, tight end widens the defensive end. All of a sudden, what do you have? You have a natural running lane. If he does that, that is a 13-plus yard run down the sideline. That one play there. And once again, everybody, oh, mommy, oh, he got blown up. It wasn't his fault. Wheeler should have worked the combination block in the zone scheme to the inside linebacker because that's who he's going to. If you go back and watch it and replay it, he's working up to space to the linebacker inside, and here comes the three technique, looping out to where he should have been helping. See, as unless you're a guy that played, and me and Dave didn't have this conversation no, before yeah, the game, the before the show, and I thought, I mean, look, you see a lineman trying to block somebody, and that guy pushing the lineman into the backfield, your automatic reaction is, no, duh, that guy didn't do well in that but play. But he's expecting help. It's, it's basically you're working a combination see? with the three technique, 
Omame and Wheeler to the inside linebacker. That's how you learn, folks. 201-939-4513. We want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. All right, Dave, let's go to the phones. 201-939-4513. I'm sure there's a lot of happy Giant fans out there. Yeah, come on. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. (laughs) Le- and they were one, by the way, the Giants were one of two on fourth downs. Dave, Dave Dominic makes that point to a, a addition Thanks, of the O of seven on third down. Thank so you. <laughs> one for nine overall, not let's, exactly let's banner. Let's go to Scott in Washington. He's up first. What's up, Scotty? Guys, happy uh, Columbus Day. I, I've got one uh, comment and one question. Sure. The, the comment tries to highlight the difference between blame and responsibility. Blame and responsibility are two different concepts. Agreed. Agreed. One thing, one of one of two things happened on the last play of the game. It, it was a field goal attempt. You know how far it was. Um, it's plain to see that five New York Giants did not rush at all. There were three behind the line of scrimmage, and the two wings took one step forward and had no contact at all with the opposing players. So five of the six New York Giants did not rush. Now, Scott, I'll be honest with you. I, Scott, I'll be honest what, with you. What, I, I didn't see it. I didn't notice that when I okay. watched the play. Okay. I will go all back and need, watch all it. You need to do, okay. All you need to do is look at it. No, I believe you. you I believe you. Me, no, I believe you. Look at it. I'm sitting on the postgame show, so I could barely see it all. One of two things happened. Either... Either the coaches told them to do that, or the players didn't didn't do what they were told. Both of those things are bad. I I I just think that it's blocking a field goal is tough, but your odds are a heck of a lot higher when you rush eleven instead of five. And if if a concern no, was they were going to run a fake, if a concern was they were going to run a fake, all they need to do is tackle anyone who left the line of scrimmage would have been a five-yard holding penalty and a 58-yard field goal with no time left. So someone's responsible for for that call uh, on, on the formation. And, and if they were instructed to go, go after the, the kick and try and block it, no one did it. And if they didn't do that, then the players aren't listening to the coaches. And, and I, That's I, the problem. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but you're right. Look at how crucial and how tough it was the way that the play of our special teams were yesterday in this game. I mean, it cost us 10 points, and it cost us the game. Yeah, it looked like about – I couldn't – Dave and I just brought up the replay. It looked like about four or five players, uh, two behind the no, line of scrimmage, and then the two guys on the wing didn't come in. You're right about that. There were three behind the line of scrimmage. There were three, five. okay. Half the team did not rush. All right, quick question. Yep, sure. A lot of, a lot of debate, you know, about how, how to beat the, the two-deep zone. I, I, you know, I'm fine. You run the ball, you bring the safeties up. But whether you can run the ball or not, it's, why is it that running three wide receivers deep on a single play, three wide receivers deep on a single play, how do you double cover all three? You don't. Okay, there you go. That's how you beat a two-deep zone. Then Beckham and Sterling and and whoever else you got deep twenty yards. It takes a second and a half. Yeah, but you, you understand. Last, week, last but... week, last last week, you said you know Shermer can't ask the offensive line to protect for seven seconds. 
That's not what you need. You need three seconds. No, but Scott, for any of these wide receivers to get twenty yards down the field, Scott, the ball goes Scott, up. Scott, it isn't that simple. Three seconds for that all to take place, Scott. I played over one hundred and sixty games in the NFL. I know that you're saying, oh, it's just three seconds. It is not that simple. And by the way, in a, in a two-deep zone, Scott, if you're sending everybody down the field, players are going to drop back in their coverage. They're not just going to let all the wide receivers run by them and let the two-deep safeties cover three guys that outnumber them deep down the field. So they're going to let that, it, that's not how defense works. separate, and Correct. then they're going to play man after that. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's not – it isn't that simple. And by the way, again, it's not too deep zone. No. They played cover three the whole game. And then towards the end, they were playing cover four. Yeah, quarters. Yeah. Which there are four guys deep in yeah, cover three. There guys, are three yeah. guys deep. Yeah. Guys, the Giants have seen more cover three than cover two this year. What's the only game they saw predominant man? Texans. Texans. And what game did they have the best <laughs> offense in and win? Texans. Texans. I thought they did do a good job, though, against the cover three. Uh, and that off coverage the Panthers were playing, running those slants, slants yeah. inside, and they came. Re- Shepard almost broke one, and Beckham almost broke two. Yeah, that could have went for big plays. Yeah, I mean I did too. Like they, how they were getting the push off and then slant it. Yeah, it was nice. It was very nice. And, and those things are going to be very important up against this Eagles team. You know, you this defense, their front four, you know, can attack the quarterback. You know that they get pressure in the A and B gaps. Fletcher Cox is still playing great. Michael Bennett is still wrecking opposing offenses. It's going to be crucial for those plays to show up again with Eli to get rid of it quickly. And, guys, there's no complaints about big plays in this game. Eli completed 22 passes for 326 yards. He, he had two passes of 40 yards or more. He had one, two, three, four, five, I think six passes of 20 yards or more. Yeah. They got the ball down the field in this game. They won because of big plays. That's why they won the game. Or that's why they were in the game at in the end, game, I should yes, say. Yes, yes. Yeah, quick re, quick retraction. Yeah, yeah. Huh. but that's why they were in the game. They should have won the game if they yeah. got to make a sixty-three. I mean, can we talk about that for a second? What's the chances that for two consecutive seasons you have a sixty-one-yard franchise record-setting kick by the Eagles beat you, and then the following year another franchise record-setting field goal beats you when you take on the Panthers? I mean, seriously? I still get haunting sounds in my sleep and in nightmares of 2006 wildcard game David Akers hitting it off the right post to beat us in the wildcard I'm like oh I still those those are the games that you remember those are things and moments that you can put yourself right back on the field and just realize the magnitude of number one you're going home your your playoff dreams are over but two just how quickly and how close that that one split second can cost you a football game. Let's go to Ryan and Manahawkin. He's up next. Ryan, what's going on, buddy? Hi, how are you guys? Doing well, Ryan. What's, what's up, up, Ryan? I have a, a question and a comment on the um, last put on the third and one late in the game. Sure. Uh, my comment is, um, what do you guys take out of this game for the Giants' defense? Because at parts they look great, and at parts they look like they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, Ryan, I honestly, I'm not sure I would ever say at any part in that game they look great. I mean, I will say this. It looked like a tale of two halves in regards to tackling in the second half. The run the defense first. in the second half was, was better. Was much better. But, but the but bottom line, they only forced three punts the whole game. And and frankly, two of them were because they either dropped passes by the Panthers or bad Cam Newton passes to open receivers. So, yep. uh, I, honestly, I thought the defense in this game was disappointing and they could not get off the field when they needed to in the fourth quarter, and that to me was a big deal. And for me, the other big discipline problem was <clears throat> gap discipline. 
you know that this is a team running the read option. You know how important it is to stay in your gaps, especially on the backside. And there was times there was breakdowns, and there comes Cam Newton rolling right through it. And pass rush. Yeah. I mean, you have to get a more consistent pass rush. The one time Newton got pa- pressured in this game by Landon Collins when he hurled Christian he McCaffrey turned into the interception. I Otherwise, know. Ryan, he's sitting back there sipping a cup of tea, you know, basically deciding where to throw the football. And that's why it's crucial to have OV back in this game. We'll see if he makes it. Game. Short week. Short week. He's got to be back. Uh, the one thing I did like about the defense was they did finally get some turnovers with yep. the yep. two interceptions. True. But, um, as far as the third and one, um, as far as that goes, how does it work um, if um, Shermer asks for a measurement? Do they do they allow that or no? no. Because he doesn't have any time, timeouts left. No, no timeouts, no challenge. That's got to come from either. No, of I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying a challenge. I'm saying ask for a measurement to bring up no, pain. No, no. No, I mean, uh, you can obviously you can ask. I'm sure that you're yelling. But at that point, they already let the Carolina Panthers line up and spike the football immediately because I'm sitting there when I'm sure like everybody else. And by the they way, didn't measure it. They didn't move the sticks right away. You see fourth and one and you see him spike the ball. Yeah. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. It happened so quickly that they didn't even allow the opportunity for it to get really reviewed. And by the way, Ryan, if you're the Giants, the last thing you want to do is ask for a measurement because once you ask for a measurement, that stops the clock. So uh, as the Giants, you have to rely on the officials there to do the right thing. Yeah. If you ask me, I would want a measurement. Who cares if it stops the clock if it keeps them on fourth down? No, but then then they can kick the field goal. Yeah, they still have time to kick the field goal. They have time to run the field goal unit out there and get them all prepped up. Because yeah. it would have been, uh, it would have right. been, it would have been. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate down. the call. And that, and that's why to me that play, and a lot of people have kind of picked that one out as one that's really get annoying them the most. But there was nothing you could have done. No, and yeah, and, and and there's still an opportunity for the Panthers to kick field goal. Is it maybe a little bit more difficult with them having to run out and execute the play? Sure. Yeah. I'll buy that. But, but there was still plenty of time frankly, for him to get it done. Yeah, you I mean, need, I, th- I think need, when that play, when that running play finished, what was there, about 19 seconds on the clock? And that's what I mean. You need for you to run out your field goal team, get them to set up and get them operated to kick that. You need about 16, 17 seconds. That's what we used to work on. And they had, so they had time. They had plenty of time to do it. 201-939-4513 out to California. What's up to Jose? Hey, Jose. Oh, hi. Hey, guys. Um, first time caller. Hey, thanks uh, for calling in, Jose. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm going to start with uh, the glass half full. Okay. Uh, I know that last year we uh, we lost the game to the Eagles at the buzzer with a 60-plus yarder, and it happened again yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to believe that just like last year when our season went for the worst after that game, I want to say that our season's going to go for the better this year. And it has to start on Thursday, right? Well, Jose, I got to be honest with you. In that locker room after the game, I did get a different sense from the team after the loss. You know, and Dave, you you weren't there, but you can speak to this as a player. After some losses, it's so quiet you can hear a pin drop, but everyone is so despondent. This was almost a like defiant. We're proud of the way we played. We're angry we lost and how we lost, but we think. This has kind of put us on the right path. That's the sense that I got out of that locker room. Now, one and four, maybe it's too little, too late. Who knows? We'll see. But to me, it was a much different sense from the players than what I got from losses against the Jaguars, Dallas, and New Orleans. I feel it today, too. You could tell. Guys are here. Guys are getting their treatment. Guys are getting ready for this football game. And you could just tell 
that there was a different type of attitude post-game than there was in the previous games. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I think that's something that, you know, you continue to talk about. We talk about as fans seeing progress. As a player, how much fully invested you are in, you want to see progress. You want to you win. You want to see that what you're doing and you're putting in the work and the effort, that the results are eventually going to come. And that's something that I think that they started to see, and I think that's something that you're going to have them come together, and I think that's something that we know about, and we're not going to get all the way into it, but with Coach Shermer's press conference, he said he feels that this is something that's going to energize, revitalize, and bring this group closer together. Yeah, and I, and I got that sense for all the way from over here, and even in Coach Shermer's response, you could tell he was really aggravated by oh, the media. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I hadn't heard him like that before. Well, you know, Jose, the funny thing, I don't think he was really aggravated by the media at that point. I think he was still aggravated about maybe some of the officiating and just maybe how the end of the game went. I think he was just mad they lost and how they lost. Yeah, and, you know, I think the other thing with the penalties, you already covered him very well. But I, I think we're, we're, currently we're not a team that's good enough to be able to overcome all of these yeah. things. Absolutely, yeah. correct. You know, we're not. We're no. not at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think that we may build on that as you stack up more wins. You may be able to get that, and maybe the ball will bounce our way as well. I mean, you look at yesterday's game, and you look at that one fumble by Cam, inches from the sideline. The guy was inches on the sideline. He touches the sideline, so the ball, we can't get the ball, right? It Was mm-hmm. was it uh, Webb? Curtis Riley. Curtis Riley, yeah. Oh, Riley, Riley, yeah. And then it happened again. Uh, it happened last week against the Saints when one of the guys fumbled the ball near midfield, I think one of our guys tips it, and then it and lands right back in his hands, um, and and he gets the ball back. So there's like those plays that are just not going our way this season at the yep. moment. But I think things will we turn are. around, and I think things will will end up settling, and and we'll and we'll start getting some of these calls, and some of these bounces will go our way as well. Uh, Jose, hopefully you're right. We had a, on that Thanks same the drive, there was a, a penalty that kept their drive going too. I'm trying to think of which one defensively. There was a penalty was on that. Was that the drive. B.W. Webb? Holding yeah. on the little, I believe the, it was, the yeah. And that's and then he got called for the 15 yard, unsportsmanlike. You talking yep. about that drive? Yeah. Uh, let me look. I believe that is a uh, third end of the second quarter or start of the third, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. You could check that. The other thing too, Dave. From what, you know, it's funny to me. This game reflected more what I thought the Giants' season would look like at the start of the year. Like I didn't think they'd have a lot of losses like they did against Dallas or even the Saints where they had trouble scoring. I thought they'd be able to score this year, but I worried about the defense being able to get off the field when you need them too late because of the pass rush issues. And I think this game kind of reflected a little bit more um, what I thought this team's losses might look like at the start of the year. Yeah. I mean, Can't find it? No, I'm I'll not try to find it. Looking. Can't find it. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Uh, let's see. I think it might have been in the second quarter, Dave. Let me see if I can find it here for you. Um, they were driving. Now I'll find it. Either way, let's go. Let's get, let's get another caller in. Chris in Houston, and then we'll try to track down that Perfect. sequence. Go ahead, Chris. How you guys doing? Doing well, Chris. What's up? All right. Uh, first off, I thought I was going to be calling you yesterday to get your opinion on Justin Herbert or uh, Will Greer, but then Philly and uh, Dallas decided to lose, so miraculously we're still in this thing, which is crazy to think. You know, um, Chris, it's amazing, and I said that I before at one and four. Usually, you know, you're already thinking about the draft, but, you know, hopefully, or we'll see what happens with the Redskins and Saints tonight. A Redskins win, you know, that's a three-game in the loss column difference. That could be tough, but they're in New Orleans, so yep. we'll see. Right now they're still alive, but you got to beat Philly on Thursday. 
Well, I do remember uh, stating that I, I truthfully believe that uh, nine wins would win the division, so that might be the case. You might but, be right. You uh, might be right. Now, th- I, just two, uh, three very quick points that just disgusted me yesterday, and then one question. You know, the game, first off, the game, it's not a good game. It's a bad game. No sloppy. The rules, the, the inconsistency, just overall, the NFL. It's just it's mind-boggling what's going on over there. You know, you look at you look at the tackling for the Giants yesterday. Do we not teach that? I heard Landon Collins for two years lobbying to be a captain and a leader, and he and he's guilty of not rapping several times. It was just it was a disgrace, not just him but others. And then the Odell piece. Before I get to my question, the Odell piece with Justina, Justina Anderson, which to me, anytime you have an interview with her, I think is trouble. But the fact that he sat down with her. What is Little Wayne doing there? <laughs> I mean, if you're, if, if you're grown to be a leader, what is, I'd rather see yeah, Kevin Hart over there like they did that little shoot than Little Wayne. The only I mean, connection is is they're both from New Orleans. That's it. But it made, it made, no, it made no, no, sense. no sense whatsoever. And by the way, Chris, I will say this, and I, I made an impassioned plea at the end of Friday's show about, at that point, uh, a couple of the quotes from that interview got leaked, and I thought a lot was being made of nothing. I will, I'll, and I'll be fair. I said I'm fair, and I'm, I'm fair. The other stuff that came out on Sunday, I did not like a lot of the stuff that no. was said. No. I did not. No. And that, I, some of those things, I think it's, and I think you saw Pat Shermer being very emboldened animated. and adamant. Yeah. yeah, animated, that's good too, about it. And I completely understand where he's coming from because, you know what? If you want to be the leader, you have to think about Please what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep uh, little, yes, if you want to lead, keep Little Wayne out of it. I think that's a great motto. I'm with you, Chris. All right, uh, my question to you, and not to be the dead horse, yes. but I, I, I knew, we all knew the offensive line wasn't going to be great this year. Mm-hmm. The reason why I cringed when we got rid of Davis Webb, and I agree with what David said earlier about three seconds of eternity, is because Eli has been thrown flat-footed, all season long, Webb flat-footed has more of a cannon. I know if Webb was in there right now, the base would be calling for him to come in there. What are your thoughts? Do you still think that that was foolish for us to cut him for or waive him for that particular reason? Yeah, Chris, look, Davis Webb might have a better arm throwing flat-footed, but I'm not sure if he where knows. Where is that arm going? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you literally took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I don't think he knew where the ball was going half the time, whether because he wasn't reading things properly or because he was, frankly, too inaccurate. Kyle Bowler threw a ball on his knee over 70 yards. And Brandon Whedon can do the Who same cares? thing. It, 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 at that point, I understand the arm strength. I, I get that, but at the same time, you've got to think about accuracy and decision-making. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I'll let you guys go on this. I'm coming up for Thursday's game, so I'll make sure I say hi to you at the uh, 50 Club. Well, Chris, Chris, let me warn you. Um, if you're coming up Thursday, right now it looks like hurricane-like conditions. So pack your raincoat. Yep. And, be, I, I, and remember, I, no I umbrellas. Yeah, I make sure you bring the poncho. The poncho. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's supposed to be bad on Thursday. Yeah, it's supposed to be horrible. It could be a real ugly game. Um, so... And the Eagles played in one of those. What was it? Their game against the Colts, I think, was in the rain maybe three weeks ago. 
in Philly, maybe? Yeah. I remember I was watching the tape. I saw one of the games at Arena. I think it was the Colts game. Uh, let's go to Jason in Virginia. He's up next. Before Jason, we get to you. I want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. Jason, the floor is yours. Okay, well, like every other fan seems to do, first off, all hail and all homage to David Deal. We appreciate so much what you did for us and being able to sit, share championships oh. with my kids personally. Awesome thing. Oh, um, thanks, Jason. I, I wanted to direct a question specifically at you, David. Sorry, John. Go ahead. But, um, as the a problem? player, over the weeks we've heard lack of execution, lack of execution, lack of execution. Did you find in your experience as a player – was that more of a player thing, or was that more of a coach thing, not having the player prepared to execute? Was it a combination or both? But I'm just asking, as your general experience as a player, what did you find the most? Wow. That, I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, uh, do, do we have a half an hour here? We're going to go into a full <laughs> thesis about this. No, but it's a, it's a great question. I mean, you have to think about it. leadership is what starts it. That's a reflection of everything. So it does start from your coaches to make sure that they're dialing in a game plan that is going to be tailored to the strength, not only of your football team and of your offense, defense, or special teams, but for those players individually. But also at this point where you're at coming into week six as a professional player, regardless of whether you're running a new system or not, it's up to you to make the plays and get it done out on the football field. You know, we sit there and we have discussions all the time when it comes to things. You know, you have somebody in your life that's a smoker. Everybody's yelling them to not smoke. Until that person consciously decides to stop smoking, it doesn't matter what people say to them. That's the same thing when it comes to playing football, how dialed in, how passionate you are, how much you're willing to sacrifice so that when you go out on the field on Sundays, you don't use, well, it's a new scheme, it's a new system, you know, I'm not 100% positive. Because when you're not 100% positive in that split second that you think and you don't react in the NFL, you're not going to get your job done. And that's the difference of what it takes to be professionally good and to be a great player that you know that you don't have any stones that you have that you didn't turn to make sure that your preparation is a, the way that you can walk away from a Sunday regardless of a win or loss without a single regret and Dave how often do you think players think they're working hard but they're not really working hard being busy isn't working hard everybody can be busy but what you're doing during that time is it being productive to where it's going to change what you're doing you know, there, there's a big difference in that. You always heard, uh, what uh, what was the quote by John Wooden? Uh, be in a hurry, but don't rush. You know, yeah, you want to be going, you want to be, but don't rush to where you're going to skip a step and you're not going to be able to do your job to the best of your ability. What else you got, Jason? Okay, um, just then one follow-up on that. So um, if it really all starts with leadership, and that's kind of what I, I, I picked up from you, do you feel there's anybody on the team currently who is showing they've got what it takes to step up and be a leader who isn't in that position? And conversely, do you think they've set up anybody to be in leadership that you feel isn't really, uh, really meeting the muster right now? No, I mean, obviously when it comes to a football team, there's leaders and they're all in different ways. Some lead by example, some are vocal, some uh, you can't be phony about that. If you're not a vocal guy and you're not a yelling or screamer, don't be that guy because people are going to see right through it. So I, I think everybody's a leader in their own way and in their own way, shape, or form. But I do know this, that after this past week, after Coach Shermer talked to the team about all the distractions and everything that was going, off, uh, going on away from the field, I do know this. I knew that they do, did have a meeting and the players talked about it and 
like we talked about. We saw some of the results, but it's not just about some of the results. It's the result of winning at the end of the day, and we'll see what this football team does with it. One and four still the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, but still alive. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. You got it, Chase. Thank you. Appreciate it. 201-939-4513. Len in Columbia, Maryland. Len, I assume you'll be up here on Thursday. Thanks for the weather forecast, John. Man, I'm really looking yeah. forward to that. Bring the poncho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What is uh, it, Seinfeld? Uh, first things Sombrero? first, I just, I just got to tell you guys, I hate the Eagles. Uh, I just I'm absolutely you, hate the Eagles. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> there you go, David. Good for you. Not controversial. Good for you. Yeah. I say that without hey. a single hesitation. Yeah, me too. Me too, David. Um, all right, quick, just a, you know, a couple of quick things. Um, obviously, disappointed in the loss. It was, a, you know, a difficult, difficult one to take. Uh, second year in a row on that, you know, late field goal. Um, you know, Coach Shermer, hang in there. Better days are ahead. Just get them ready for Thursday. Um, secondly, I'm not going to do my Jim Moore impersonation, but. <laughs> You know, let's 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 stop with the playoffs. Just win a game. Yep, yeah. win a game. I'm with you. Win a game. I'm with you. Because if they don't win a game, and on December one. 28th, check the standings and see if we got to get ready for next week. Come Agreed. on, just win. Exactly. Just win. Especially since it's a home game, and especially since it's going to be lousy weather, and you got your best customers in the stands. Go win a game, guys. Go win a game. Um, a lot of things went wrong. Obviously, you know, this was not a perfect game by the Giants, but. You know, you boil it all down. Football's all about blocking and tackling. You want, a, you want a good example of bad blocking, first play of the game. David, you could probably tell, tell the truth on this one. That play is not designed to lose two yards. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct on that one, Len. Uh, there we go. And that summed it up. You don't have to look very far to see what the blocking was like. First play of the game. Tackling, um, Sean, you alluded to it was either in your article on the website or, uh, or uh, uh, earlier in the show. You know, the D.J. Moore touchdown. Oh, boy. You know, I, I don't care what level you're at. You mean Curtis Samuel. Was Nobody. Curtis Samuel that was a Samuels, yeah. You never – I mean, that's, that's not taught. <laughs> I mean, and, and David, you know, a comment from you if you would on, on this. I, you know, tackling, David, I think you really got to want to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough spot. I agree with you. You know, you've got to want to stick your nose in there and make the tackle. I always talk about the lost art of a corner making a tackle in the open field. And give Eli Apple credit because he did do that yeah. against Cam Newton and forced the fumble, but the rest of his guys in the secondary yeah. on DJ Moore's end around and Curtis Samuel's touchdown yeah. did not. Yeah. No. No, no. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say it isn't, it isn't tough. I mean, you're a defensive back at 190, and you got a 230-pound running back coming around at you with two blockers in front of him. That's you part know, of the job. The, to play football, you've got to be tough. You, you, that's your, your job. Your job is to stick your nose in there. I mean, that, that, that was just – come on, blocking and tackling, I know we can do better at it. I mean, it is what it is. The offensive line is what it is. Um, we're playing our best players. We're doing the best we can. But, I mean, 50 yards on the ground, 0 for 7 on third downs. I mean, you know. Yeah, um, addressed but didn't play, John. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the, I he was working out pregame. He didn't look great warming up before the game. Uh, he was active, but I was the, we were told that he wasn't a hundred percent. 
So I guess they decided that he wasn't well enough to help. Uh, maybe something happened in between when they announced an inactives to when the game started. I don't know the answer to that, but as far as I know, I don't think he took a snap. No, no, he didn't. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. Uh, yeah, he didn't play. He didn't play at all. Um, and I agree. I, I forget who said this earlier in the show, but uh, the Russell Shepard catch. Um, I, I thought he could have run through that ball, John. <laughs> it's John's the one who mentioned it. We were yeah. talking about it earlier. Absolutely. There was no reason for him to fall down. Yeah. No. I, it, yeah, right. It, it didn't look like he had to dive for the ball. No. no I mean, he could, have run, he could have run right through it. And unfortunately for the Giants, if they had caught the touch, you know, the touch in the back, you know, down by contact right away, um, you know, time would have run off. More time would have run off the clock. <laughs> If you go to the to the Carolina, you know, to the Carolina possession. Um, well, remember they, know, they start running that. Remember they start running that clock once the review is completed. Yeah. So yeah, that, so they 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 could have ran off as much clock as they wanted. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true too. That's that's true. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what else to say except you know you got to get out there and win a game on go, Thursday night. Go it's get them Thursday. The next one, it's the next one on the schedule. That's it. That's it. Uh, let's let's you know let's play it and um, I, I I think it's turning a little bit. I'm, I'm you know I've I've got confidence. I, John, you remember last week I said to you I think this whole thing runs in fours. I think it, you know you play you can play at peak efficiency for four. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to lose. It just means you don't play as well as you did the week before, and the same thing with the other end. You know, you play badly for three or four weeks, and then it starts to turn a little bit. I, I get the feeling it's turning a yeah, little. We'll but see. Yeah. Thank you, Len. Yeah, fundamentals. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Let's yeah. go, Giants. Hey, let's go, Yankees. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yankees, Red Sox tonight. I'll be there. Time to go up two one. You're going tonight. Severino, Yavaldi. That's advantage, bombers. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Good for you, man. And by the way, um, one point that I think Len, Len made that was a good one, and that, you know, the, the tackling is just something that you have to get better at. And yeah. two, and we talked about this before the year two, Dave, the schedule was so difficult. The Giants can actually come out and play well these next two games and still lose. They went down to Carolina, did some good things, still lost. They're playing teams that made the playoffs last year. They're, they're good football teams. Yeah. So it's going to require a really, really strong effort to, to win, frankly, any of these next three games. And all three yeah, phases. Absolutely. All, all three phases have to play in harmony with one another. All right, let's go to, oh boy, here we go. I got a bad feeling about this. Hallelujah. Losing his mind. Mr. Illness. <laughs> he wasn't right in the hat. Enough jokes. I am happy. You're a madman. And here we go. <laughs> Hey, John. Hey, David. What's up, Charlie? Hey, look, we need an exorcism in in the locker room. Yeah, I of mean, you. The foot, we the need an exorcism gods. of Charlie. <laughs> hate us. The football gods hate us. And it's, uh, how you know, we got to burn some sage, you know? we got to burn some sage in the whole locker room and in, in Quest Center and get out all the bad spirits. Charlie, you seem like a pretty interesting guy. Have you ever been involved in an exorcism of some kind? <laughs> I, either on you or on somebody else? <laughs> hey, I, I can't reveal those, those things. <laughs> but, my God, you know, look, I, I looked at that game, and there's no way 
we should have lost. And Eli Manning played a great game. He, you know, and the offensive line Good. did well, pass protecting. They weren't so great running the ball. But look, we we checked Cam Newton and we checked McCaffrey pretty much the whole game. They, uh, they didn't kill half. us. It was just, you know, and the whole thing about tackling, everybody tries to just knock the guy out instead of wrapping up. And, yep. you know, they're trying to get the fumble and they're trying to make this big play. And, and, and you know, and guys bounce off you. You know, you got to wrap up. And uh, that was the issue. But, look, I I looked at this game and I was really encouraged. Look, this field goal kicker will never, ever kick another 653-yard field goal. In fact, he'll probably miss the next two in a row because that's that's our luck. And I mean, Charlie, that's just, you know, I knew he was going to make it. And I knew it. I knew it the minute that he was going for and it. And here's the amazing thing. At the game, Charlie, that thing would have been good from 70. It was a bomb. He destroyed that bomb. thing. I know. I know. And the thing is, is like it was perfect weather. There was no wind, you know. The thing is, if we had won that game, which we should have won, we would have been tied with Dallas, Philly, and we would have been like a if 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 Washington loses tonight and uh, New Orleans, which I think they will, we would have been a half game yeah. out. So you know, if we can beat Philly, this is the game. This is going to turn our season right here. We'll be one and one in our division. You know, we'll be two and four. Philly will be two and four. Then hopefully Dallas will lose again. You know, this week coming up, and we're. Right in the in the mix, you know, and uh, I mean, our offense finally scored more than 30 points. I mean, we were moving the ball. Eli was doing great. He had yeah one pass, a quick slant to Odell, and you know when you throw those quick slants, you're throwing it in about a second, and you don't have a chance to look and see where the safety is. And Eli didn't catch it, and that was the interception. And and the thing is, you know, everyone's killing Odell about the punt thing. Friggin' rabbit had it right in his hands. All he had to do is just, you know, bounce, jump on the ground with it instead of trying to catch it. And, uh, you know... You know, so so I, I don't put it on Odell. Odell's trying to make a play. He's trying to do everything for this team to win. He's doing punt returns. He's doing everything he can. He's throwing passes. He's catching balls. I mean, I, I you know, I, I just think our offense is, is, is clicking now. It's going to click. And if it is going to be a really rainy game, who would you like to have in bad weather conditions, Eli Manning or Wirtz? I would take Eli Manning in bad weather any day of the week. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, Charlie. So take care, guys. Have a good one. That was actually an intelligent call by Charlie there. Yeah. And those are two plays that we actually like. We talked beginning of the show how many crazy plays there were. They happened so early in the game we kind of forgot about them. Uh, The Beckham punt. He was trying to do the right thing by trying to block the gunner, uh, but he has to be more aware of he has to be more aware of where the football is in the air. Yeah, so we had that one. We didn't even talk about the other special teams. When he did get a decent punt return down the sidelines, it was brought back for a holding call. And after he threw the touchdown pass to Saquon Barkley. Rosas. Momentum killer, kick out of bounds. Those are things you can't do. I nice mean, trick play, though. Yeah, it was an unbelievable play. And the other, set up. And good uh, thing that Od- Odell Beckham Jr. took those two steps back to make sure that he could throw that ball because if he didn't, he wasn't getting that ball off. And they, the way they designed it, too, is they brought Red Ellison on a drag route drag across route to the field everything. to Beckham. Yep. That cleared the defensive awesome. back. And it basically it was their rookie linebacker, Jermaine Carter, 
that was left one on one with Barkley. From the inside, you're not making that. And he peaked. Yeah, he peaked before he went, and yeah. that was the end of that. That was it. Mike and Mike in Maryland. He joins us next. Hey, Mike. Yeah, hi. Uh, I got three things I'd like to mention. The sure. first thing is the uh, the defense. Um, they didn't really come about until about this halfway through the second quarter. If they uh, would have been a bit yeah, uh, stronger, I go all the way to the third. We we would have been in very good shape, and uh, so you know the defense has to play the entire game, not just uh, two and a third quarters. Um, the next thing is the punting. The punting they, they got fumbleitis, and they've had fumbleitis for quite some time. I'm not even talking about this Odell year. Yes, Beckham. yeah, yeah you're I'm right. talking about the fumbleitis that's been going on back there uh, with the punt. No, you're right. That's got to stop. They got to hold on to that ball. All right. No argument. No but, argument. My third, my third uh, point is the coaching. I think uh, Shermer could be a bit more imaginative uh, and, and not so uh, predictable with some of his calls. I, he finally got out there and had Eli throw a couple of passes downfield. And, you know, he was successful. Uh, giving Odell Beckham the ball with, five, with a five-yard pass and hoping that he runs forever – that works sometimes. It'll get you a first down, but it's not going to get you a touchdown. All right. I think if they, when he used the Odell Beckham to make that pass, that was imaginative, and that worked well. I think if he if he could be a, a bit more unpredictable, and uh, maybe have um, uh, uh, Eli, my man Eli, roll out a little bit more, it'll take the pressure off of the the, the linemen uh, when they want to have a running play. Or, or or another passing play. If if Eli, I know Eli's uh, he's a pocket passer, but he can also throw on a run. He's proved that when he's been in trouble and he had and he had to break out. He can throw the ball on the run. So I think maybe if uh, Sherman would you know call a few more plays with Eli on a rollout, I think would be a heck of a lot more successful, and we could beat the hell out of Philadelphia. And I can't stand Philadelphia either. I, I between them and Dallas. I don't know which one I hate worse. <laughs> so, Mike, so, I'll respond. You know, that, that's my comments. No, thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. Absolutely. It. No, I, it's a great call. I mean, obviously, there are things that you want to do offensively to be creative, to be deceptive to the defense, to draw a reaction one way and try to do it the other way. That's great. But when you can't do the basic things right. 13 carries, negative two yards. When you can't ha- not have penetration in the run game. When you can't have p- simple pickups in the blitz things early on in the season. And now we'll see if they can adapt and do more. But when you can't do those things right, you can't run fake reverses this, that yeah, way. Correct. When you can't do the base simple things right. Remember, they tried to do some end rounds with Odell yeah, and reverses during the year. If would have went work. off against the Jaguars, it would have opened up everything offensively. All right, let's go Scott New Mexico, and then I'm going to get Dave's quick take on the Eagles game before we say goodbye. Scott, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, I'll keep it short. Sure. Uh, I must be missing something because the Giants uh, yesterday scored 31 points, which they hadn't done in, what, 37 or 38 games? Uh, yeah, it was the final season of Tom Coughlin's last year here, so do the math. Right. And so uh, we, you both acknowledge that the Giants sort of self-destructed on offense, but yet imagine if they had played a decent or a, or a clean game, how many points they would have scored. Well, Scott, I don't think they self-destructed on offense. I think they self-destructed all over the place. They We, we mentioned the penalties, the missed tackles on defense, the mistake on right. special teams. So I think it was a team-wide um, self-inflicted wound thing that killed them, not necessarily offensively, though the two interceptions okay. obviously didn't help. Right. 
But but let's examine what they did do. And I know the uh, uh, controversy regarding the uh, uh, Odell Beckham and Josina Anderson conversation. But is there a correlation about what he said and what transpired on Sunday? And I have some no, specific no. reasons. But 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 I just wanted to state what did happen. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't care that Odell aired his grievances publicly, but look at what the Giants did. The Giants had multiple pass, pass plays over 20 yards, something they were struggling to do. They added a trick or gadget play, something I was personally adamant about adding to the offense to make it a little bit more creative, and that resulted in a touchdown and arguably changed the whole dynamic of the game. Uh, we already mentioned they scored over 30 points. And... Uh, you know, I think some will perceive in the interview Odell was calling out the head coach and quarter, but 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 I say so what? They deserve to be called out. You're one in three at the time of the interview. Oh, and Scott, time out, 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 time out. Scott, how many locker rooms have you been in? Uh, one, actually. I played and you junior would varsity. Want, and you would want one of the leaders of your team to go out and make comments like this. Well, Dave, I'll no, hold go on, back hold on, hold on. And, Just and answer the question, question, yes or no, Scott. Uh, would I, you want... One of your leaders on your team to do this to your team. Without taking any well, responsibility. Well, 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 let me, let me ask this question yes no so question, I can make my Scott, point. Scott, yes or no? Would you or not? Yes or no? Uh, on, on what question? Would you want one of the leaders of your team to do this? It's a yes or no, Scott. Scott, it's a yes or no. I want to go back to the 2007 season. It's not 2007. Yes or no, Scott. Yes or no. Would you want this done in your locker room or not? Uh, no, I wouldn't so want it done. So then why would you not vouch for it was, if you were? It was done. But, but let me go back to the 2007, because you were part of that, Dave. Okay. Uh, you know that uh, there was an issue with Michael Strahan and Tom Coughlin in the 2007 season. No, and no there was not, Scott. There wasn't? No, there was not. That was in 2004 when Four, he first got here? When he here? first got yeah. here. 2007, the only issue with Michael was... He didn't want to go to training camp and came <laughs> back after. That was it. There was absolutely right. no issue there. That was in 04 when Coach Coughlin first got here, and we went from a country club to boot camp. Okay. Because I thought that there was an issue, and what transpired is you guys worked it out, and then lo and behold, you win the Super Bowl. So I, I thought there was some conflict. I may be wrong, so no, you obviously we were, were there and knew that the situation the better than I do. We were 0-2 with obituaries written on all of us. That was the conflict in 07. <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right. So, uh, but again, uh, I think the Giants can take this as a positive step going forward. And I agree, uh, because of what's happened in the division, they have a legitimate chance to, to win their division. So, despite everything, I think they're going in a positive way. So, I apologize if uh, I was wrong about those those statements, but I wanted to get your impression, and and I'll take your answers off the air. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You have your right to your opinion, but I do this all the time because people make statements to me, and they're like, oh, he's right for saying that. I'm like, okay, put yourself in that position. You're in the locker room. You're doing this day in and day out. How would you feel about it? Well, it's a simple yes or no question. How would you feel? Well, I wouldn't want that to happen. So then why are now you turning the tables that you agree with it when if you were put in that instance, you wouldn't? That's and the only look, thing I ask. So I, yeah. I listen, there's no need for an apology. I love talking. I love talking sports and being passionate about it because this is what we all do. But at the same time, when you sit there and you make statements and you vouch for them, then personally vouch for them to yourself if you were put in those situations too. And the two other things I want to just ask you, and then we'll get the Eagles yeah. preview real quick. If you're going to do something like that, you have to have some self-reflection in there, too. Everybody and, and, has their fingerprint on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I need to play better. There are things I can do better. 
Correct. Because there are. And that's something that the quarterback and the head coach always say. Absolutely. Okay? Um, and then number two, I did find it somewhat amusing that they're uh, – and I know Pat Shermer was trying to turn this into a positive, and, and I understand why he's doing that. But I, I, I could have lived without, after the game, number 13 almost taking credit for the team playing better because of what he said. I, I wasn't even listening to that stuff. I mean, I, listen – do you think Elon Manning cares about any of this stuff? Interviews no, with he does Little not. Wayne? No. I mean, come on. At the end of the day, this stuff was all built about causing a distraction, raising awareness, and getting more attention to Josina Anderson than it was for the opposite. So, I mean, that's what we're in then this time and day and age. But what cures all of this stuff? Vitamin W, winning. When you win, all of these things, what do you know? Go away. They disappear. Because it doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is what you do in between those lines and if you get a W or an, at the, an L at the end of it. That's it. No question. Um, <laughs> Eagles. Yeah. What do the Giants have to do to beat Philly? Well, obviously, offensively, they've got to make sure that in the running game they don't let Fletcher Cox be an absolute destroyer and get into the backfield and penetrate, forcing Saquon Barkley to bounce the ball outside to where they play those wide nines. They've got to control Michael Bennett in the passing game. I mean, they're flip-flopping him. They've got him all over the field. And Brandon Graham, And by Brandon the way. Graham. A lot of teams have been attacking Jalen Mills uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, obviously, defensively. You know that this is a team now coming in with Carson Wentz, coming back into the fold. You know that they're going to want to run a lot more RPOs. They know that we've struggled on defensively, uh, uh, covering up against tight ends. You know that Zach Ertz is going to be a compliment. Alshon Jeffries is going to be playing in his third game. Uh, this is one where the Giants, just fundamentals, basics, alignment, assignment, and just if you control the game with penalties and without turning the football over, that's where you can beat this football team and where you can beat these teams at home on a quick week because this is when a team isn't as sharp and as dialed into their game plan. They're trying to rush through their preparation. It's not as easy when you're going on the road, even though if it's just in Philly, you're out of sync and you're almost like a robot when you're a player and when you're an athlete. And when you don't feel like you're getting all that preparation time, it's going to cause some hesitation in the way in your confidence performing as a player. The Giants need to be revitalized, re-energized, and come into this game and give their best effort of the season, hands down. The Eagles' secondary is vulnerable. Yes. If you can get Manning enough time to look downfield, there are plays to be had. We've had this conversation before. It doesn't always happen, but that Eagles secondary has been civ-like. Yes, they have. This year. And remember, we said that before the Saints game. Had to work out. Not too good. But ideally, there should be some opportunities there. And obviously, you got to protect. Uh, their defensive line is excellent. And then offensively, you have to, you have to pressure Carson Wentz. Yeah. If he sits back there, he's going to find those two tight ends. And, folks, let me tell you, Ian Thomas was open a lot in yes, that game yesterday. Um, they didn't always take advantage of it because of either bad routes or bad throws or drops or whatever. But you're not going to have that with Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, and Dallas Goddard. No. You're not. And Jason Peters went out of the game. We don't know if Vitae is going to be starting at left tackle. What he but, hurt, Peters? Uh, I can't remember what exactly what it was. Um, but uh, that's another reason why they might go two tight end packages to secure the line of scrimmage. And the Eagles' offensive line, surprisingly, which is one of the best units in the league, has actually struggled the they've last two weeks. They've been up and weeks. down. So yeah, they've been completely up Maybe the down. Giants can take advantage of that as well. David, two shows in a row. I feel I honored. Friday, Mondays, here we go. You're a good man. For David Deal, I'm John Schmelk. One more final reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live was presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. We'll see you tomorrow on Giants.com, everybody. Enjoy your short week. 
And your Columbus stuff. And your game tonight. Yeah. That's awesome.